Welcome back to Exploring Growth. Today, I'm privileged to have Director of Product Marketing, Tracy Montour on the show. We talk about her LinkedIn show, Nailed It or Failed It, and how it helped her become a better marketing leader. Let's get into it. All right. So um, to the discussion that we're going to get into the, to today, um, I want to just kind of give a lead up before I introduce my guest. It's been my experience that the more you connect or the more that I've connected and engaged on LinkedIn, the more genuinely nice people uh, that I meet that are actively pursuing growth for their personal brand or their company brand. And what I've found is that these likes and shares and comments turn into conversations that actually ultimately turn into real conversations off the platform. And this is exactly what's happened with me and my guests today. Um, I'm, I'm excited to have product marketing and strategy leader, Tracy Montour, on to share her story with the Exploring Growth audience. So welcome to the podcast, Tracy. Thank you for having me. That was such a nice introduction. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I'm just trying to give my audience as much value as possible, you know, and I, I got to grab their attention and let them know like, hey, we're about to dive deep here. And it's very, very valuable information. So pay attention. <laughs> um, for, for context, though, Tracy, would you please give our audience just a short introduction to who you are and what you're currently doing? Yeah, so um, I'm Tracy Montour. Right now, I'm the director of product marketing at Hired Score, um, which is a technology startup in the HR tech space, really specializing in AI and machine learning to help drive better hiring decisions. Um, I have a lot of experience in different types of marketing, not only product marketing, but um, marketing leadership, marketing strategy, um, and really everything. Uh, I just find marketing interesting. So I like to dive in and, and get experience in different aspects of it, different um, stage companies and different types of industries. So um, I connected with Lee on LinkedIn about when I hosted my own podcast in the past. And I've just been on LinkedIn. I'm trying to learn and grow from others and, and get different perspectives and input. So um, I'm excited to talk about uh, what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it, it really comes through to shows that you have a love for marketing. And um, and I think that's sort of what drew me to your content on LinkedIn, too, because I, I love connecting with people that actually love the craft. You know, it's not just a job for them. Um, so to kind of set the premise for this discussion, was it back in 2020 that you started your show? Yeah. So it was like as soon as the pandemic hit, I was feeling kind of like mm -hmm. stuck and isolated, I'm sure like everyone else in the world. And I just decided like, I'm not really getting out there meeting anybody new or hearing any new ideas. And mm -hmm. the content that I was seeing on LinkedIn was kind of like, uh, you know, sometimes LinkedIn can be like an echo chamber. It's like, you keep seeing the same topics right. over and over again, just repeated. So I was like, I want to get yes. out there and just learn about different people, maybe people who don't speak as much on LinkedIn and maybe are more listeners. I want to hear from them. So mm -hmm. I just decided to go for it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So you started uh, what we're talking about here, sort of a podcast or LinkedIn shows. It was specifically for LinkedIn called Nailed It, Failed It, Nailed It or Failed It. Mm -hmm. um, and from my perspective, the way I looked at it, it was like you're bringing on various professionals, asking about one success, one failure that they had. Um, and, and I thought that was really cool because, um, and it's kind of like sort of similar to the, the approach I'm taking with mine that, like you said, I, I want to bring on people that are sort of, you know, behind the curtain and aren't naturally going to put themselves out there. 
Um, but once they do, they kind of see the value to, to doing that. So when you, when you launched it, I was honored to be on the, on the show. And, um, I thought it was a great effort, uh, to connect and learn from other people. Uh, and by the way, I'll put a link to that, to one of those episodes that from your initial, um, maybe season or what, I'm not sure if you call it season one, uh, back down in the description. So if people want that as a point of reference, um, because I know you're starting again, um, but since we haven't talked at length about what the show did for you, um, and I basically that's, that's the reason I wanted to have you on I just bring you on. Let's talk more in depth about like, why did you start it? What did it take to produce it each week? Um, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I think marketing leaders and CEOs can learn why they should be active on LinkedIn and how a show concept like yours can create growth for them personally and for their company. I mean, again, like, I don't know. That's why I'm having you on. Like, I want to, I want to hear the story, but I just have this sneaky suspicion that it did really, really good things for you. So let's jump into it. Sure. So before you launched the show, what, where were you in your career and your role? Like, um, you know, what, what company were you working with and what did that look like? So during that time, I was a uh, director of marketing at a small startup here in Buffalo called Arbyte, um, created uh, productivity solutions for financial services industry, mainly debt collection. Um, and, mm. you know, when the pandemic hit, it's a great company, but I just was like everyone else in the world, analyzing, like, what am I doing with my life? Am I really passionate about this? You know, I loved my coworkers and my clients, but <clears throat> I was in a space where I just wanted to explore and see what other people were doing and um, really reevaluate my priorities. And um, so really, I got more active on LinkedIn. I mean, I was pretty active on LinkedIn already, maybe for a year or so, um, but just wanting to connect with people, which was super hard. Like I said, during the beginning of the pandemic, we were all at home. Um, really, nobody was going out doing anything. It wasn't safe mm -hmm. to do so. So I thought connecting with people um, and having a reason to do so by talking about, you know, targeted topics and, and helping other people get access to that information would be helpful for me. Um, it wasn't yeah. even so much about building my brand rather than just me learning from people, um, yeah. which I guess you can say is maybe part of my brand. Um, as like much as I'm a marketer and I love building brands and creating like clarity um, for the mm -hmm. companies I work for, like I don't really care that much about my personal brand. Um, yeah. I'm more so just trying to grow and learn and connect with people that I think are smart and interesting. Um, mm -hmm. So really that was just the thesis, like how can I meet people that I see on LinkedIn doing cool things or um, that I think would be interesting to speak with? And how can I also share that knowledge with my network? Definitely. And you know, what's funny is, um, just recently, uh, after kind of looking back at your profile, I saw that you have a featured, your only thing that you have featured on your profile, because you can feature things on there. If you don't know, you can do that. Um, which I think was kind of interesting. You only have one thing there. I actually like that, right? Like, it's like, this is it. Like, this is what I want you to see. And it's your operating guide. Like when people, you know, were to work with you or, or connect with you or communicate with you, it shows like your Enneagram and your, um, Myers-Briggs, I think, and, and a couple different things. And I love that, by the way. Uh, but I noticed on there that it was, you were an introvert, right? Uh, what was it, an ISTJ? I'm like an ISFJ, which FJ, is like okay. the worst one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, depends on who you're talking to. Um, I'm, I am an INFP. 
Jay. So yeah. I'm, I'm close. Um, I have an extroverted side of me that I can bring out when, when needed, but I've, I've definitely become more introverted over time. Um, so I, I'm very much in my head, right? I mean, it's, it's a good thing. That's why I'm a consultant, but it's also a bad thing because I ponder over things and overthink things. So to that point, though, I think it's interesting that, you know, someone with your personality type, especially being introverted, would want to start a show on LinkedIn, you know, talk, walk me through that. Like, what was that thinking like? Because I have to imagine that emotionally, you're kind of like, oh, okay, am I really going to do this? Yeah, I mean, I think there's that sense of like, imposter syndrome, like, am I really mm -hmm. qualified enough to do this? But at the end of the day, I, kind of my thought process is like, who cares if nobody watches yeah. it? Like, at least I get value out of it. And right. if people do watch it and they don't like it, well, they'll forget about it and that's fine. Right. Um, I So me being an introvert, I would say like I, I mean, obviously if you're an introvert, you have times where you can be extroverted, but then you need time to recover. I think it's uh, easier for me to do virtual um, conversations mm -hmm. and podcasts and things like that because I have a lot of time to prepare. Um, mm -hmm. I can adjust the information after and really just have a framework around the conversation that we're going to have. Yeah, that's um, a good point. So that's easy for me. And then I really just find it interesting to talk with people. Um, so I, you know, as much as it's kind of taxing, like sometimes before recording the podcast, I'm like, I really do not feel like doing this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just kind of push myself and get through it. Um, yeah. And I really think like everybody has something valuable to say. Everyone has unique experiences. Yeah. So um, if you're feeling like anybody watching this, if you're feeling like you're introverted and it's hard for you to communicate, it's all about the preparation and um, figuring out what you want to say. And if you don't yeah. want to say anything at all, just do what I did and interview other people. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, keep it simple. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, I think that, we all, as marketers, we're always trying to push content out there and get seen, um, you know, for, for the brands we're growing. And so the 24 hour news cycle can be just a grind because you're always trying to stay in front of people. But in this way, it's almost like you find comfort in that 24 hour cycle, because if it's bad or people don't want to see it, it's going to go away in pretty much 24 hours or 48 hours. And people are completely, it's like trying to, trying to be found on the second page of Google, you know? Uh, so yeah. there's a little bit of comfort, I think, there. And and I think you're kind of making a case for um, for introverts. And, you know, because I think, I don't know, my my original thinking was like, there's just this big social thing that's happening. And, and it's almost like this big social event you have to walk into. But, you know, being on LinkedIn, you control how how much you engage. And if you're doing something like this, I mean, to your point, like, it's one, it's one person that you're having a conversation with. It's not, you know, part of a big group of people. So it's actually this kind of platform or, or, you know, concept plays to the introvert. Absolutely. Yeah. Like you said, I, when I'm walking to a conference or something, I love it because there's so many different people and you can yeah. look around, but after a while it's like overstimulating. There's Agreed. too many people. You're Agreed. tired. Um, when you schedule a conversation or you have a podcast or you're just reaching out on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. connecting even like, you know, on the spot, I think it's really nice to have that time and that space and even that boundary of like not being in the same place. Um, so I, I think it is like kind of a unifier LinkedIn for extroverts and introverts alike. I'm sure the extroverts can't wait to get back and be in person. Yeah, right. I can wait right. a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, so, you know, for me, when I, I'm looking at launching this podcast and, you know, putting this out there, I, I, the way I'm thinking about it is uh, there's a couple layers sort of uh, strategically that I'm thinking about what this is going to do for me. And one is that it puts me in front of prospects, right? Because they get to see me demonstrate what I know about marketing um, and get to know me before they really meet me or know me. Um, but it also puts me in front of strategic partners that could refer me to people, uh, influencers. Um, and I think it, it also there's an advantage to me, like you've been mentioning, I get to learn from other guests that come on. I'm curious, when you started your show, like what was the thought process about what you wanted to see come out of it? Was it, I mean, were you, did you have a singular thing or were you just kind of like, no, I mean, I just want to meet people and, and, and network. Yeah. I mean, for me really, it was about networking. Um, the nice thing is, um, a lot of people that I had on my podcast ended up getting good results from it without that being the intention. So I've had a few consultants on my show that have had clients reach out to them, prospects reach out to them and build relationships. So I think that's that's just a bonus for me to be able to help people. Um, but I think in terms of like how I build my brand, like I've always been kind of wary of this concept of a personal brand. Cause like, Mm -hmm. I feel like, I don't know, it's just an internal struggle I have. Like, I don't want to like commodify myself Mm -hmm. or like, uh, reduce, like have any reductive statements about who I am. And I really think just having a podcast with the intention of learning does help support what my brand is and who I am as a person. Like I'm very naturally curious person. I want to learn. I want to explore. I I don't want to be the person talking all of the time. I don't think right. And also like the the main thesis of the, the nailed it or failed it concept was to focus around we don't all we don't always learn from successes. We always learn from failures and right. leaders and people in the professional environments don't openly talk about their failures. And I think that's a problem mm-hmm. um, and that we need to have a op- more open dialogue around failures and normalizing those conversations and being willing to admit and share that. So that was really like my thought process of just getting those conversations out there. Of course, like it's nice to get exposure for who you are um, in case there's any opportunities, but you know, as a person who's not actively seeking a new job, like I think it's important to see how how you can connect with people Mm -hmm. that brings value to you without that maybe even needing to get new prospects or needing to look for a new role or anything. Like there's value you can get from connecting with people. even if you want to keep everything in your life the same. So, right. yeah, that's really it. <laughs> yeah, right. And, you know, I mean, you are a marketing professional. And so, you know, I don't want that to be missed either for any other marketing professionals that are listening to this. There's so many marketing people out there in so many industries at different levels, right? And if they're listening to this, I think what I'm hearing from you is that this is a great way, even just engaging with people on LinkedIn in their comments section. I've heard the term thrown away, thrown around that comments are content, right? Which I believe mm-hmm. like you're, you're putting out little posts in every little content comment you make. Um, but, but going to the next level and saying, okay, well, what do you want to do with your career? Um, maybe, maybe you do want this to be um, a leverage point to help grow the brand of the company that you're at. And, you know, I've had, um, Emily Brady on from Sweetfish, 
and we talked about employee um, evangelist programs where, you know, a lot of the employees get involved and that's definitely something it could grow into and that, that, that maybe you could lead. Right. Um, but maybe not, maybe it's just a, a, an inflection point where you put yourself out there like you did and um, you build your network of more robust networking. You learn along the way. Um, I think what's great about podcasts these days and YouTube for that matter is that um, it's sort of like continuing education post schooling. Um, you know, especially yep. for marketers, you don't have a lot of postgraduate studies that you can do. It's not like we are getting recertified or something. I mean, there are obviously yep. marketing software automation platforms that do that kind of thing. But um, other than the technical side of it, um, you know, you kind of have to go out there and form your own perspective on where things are at or where things are going. So these kind of shows are great for that. Yeah. And I'll say that um, going into the second season or whatever we want to call it of mm. my podcast, um, I do have a more strategic goal. So okay. um, kind of all my efforts around posting on LinkedIn right now are trying to get people that want to engage with me because they align with my perspectives. And then ultimately, like when I'm hiring, as I'm hiring right now, like he's being e easily able to attract people who want to work with me because yes. they align with my perspective right. and um, my strategy of marketing and product marketing and even just business strategy. Like they are already on board with mm -hmm. my approach and they want to work with me because they like what I have to say as a leader and everything like that. So for me, since hiring so hard right now, um, that's my long-term goal in terms of my personal brand or my LinkedIn content or the podcast mm -hmm. is just Getting people to understand, like, what do, what do I value? How do I function as a leader and a thought leader in this product marketing, marketing strategy industry? And right. what do they, do they agree with me? And if so, like, come work with me. <laughs> I think that's such a great point. I, I appreciate you bringing that up because, um, you know, I've advised clients in the past um, that are of a certain size to create a podcast, even internally for their, um, their culture. And it, what it does is it helps to build out the thinking internally because people can at their own time, listen to the conversations that are happening about the company in a certain way. But on the hiring side, to your point, you know, if you bring someone in and they're in the later stages of, of hiring, or even in the first stages is giving them access to that podcast and letting them listen to five, 10 episodes and then say, well, what do you think? You know, I mean, they're going to have a lot, a lot better perspective on the company culture and if yeah. they fit, you know, so it could be a really good to like what you're doing is, is I think a great effort. Yeah. And I think like when you're looking for a new role, especially now with the current job market, like mm -hmm. your manager, your direct manager and, and the leadership of the company in general is such an important part of making that decision. Mm -hmm. So anything like we as leaders can put out there to show like, this is what we're about. Um, these are our values. This is kind of what we find important. Right. Um, that I think that is really critical for helping people make the decision whether they want to work at your company or not. And the more context you can give them, the easier it is to make that decision, decision just like in marketing with, you know, lead generation. So agreed. So we talked a lot about like the why of how you got into it and, and all, and all of that. Um, let's talk about the how. So, you know, when you actually started to create it and, you know, put that first episode out there, what did it take to get started? 
And then what did it take to keep it going? Yeah. So I made this kind of foolish decision, like, but without even thinking about any of the logistics, like mm-hmm. I'm going to do a daily podcast, <laughs> which is reasonable. I don't yeah, know why. Sure. Um, but I made the decision and I posted it on LinkedIn. So there was no turning back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm lucky enough where my husband is able to edit videos. He's a really talented okay. musician. So he wrote me a little theme song. Nice. So I was really lucky but, um, to have that free resource. But yeah. of course, there's always freelancers out there or, mm-hmm. you know, agencies or all types of people who are willing to help if you don't have someone that lives in your house that's willing to do that or if you can't do that yourself. <laughs> yeah. So, Really, the steps were I reached out to a bunch of people I thought were interesting and just said, hey, I'm thinking about doing this podcast. Like, it's 10 minutes and under. Mm-hmm. Um, just three questions. What's one success? What's, what's one failure? And what's one tip you want to share mm-hmm. with the rest of LinkedIn? Um, to my surprise, people said yes pretty easily. So mm-hmm. I just um, booked Zoom meetings and yeah. I recorded on Zoom, um, sent the files to my husband to edit. And then he included like, you know, trip, trim them, put a bumper in with a theme song mm-hmm. and music, uh, made them look professional. And then I just posted on LinkedIn and I wasn't really sure what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kept it up. I think there was over 40 episodes. Mm-hmm. So I did it daily, Monday through Friday daily um for over a month and it was definitely a really big learning experience throughout the process i had people reaching out to me asking how did you make the videos look so professional i can't take any credit for that um but i think you know what we did internally the whole process from start to finish between me and my husband was less than an i would say less than 30 minutes per episode oh wow that's Um, great yeah because i would record them it would be like 15 minute conversation Mm -hmm. Um, I would send the file to him and then he would edit it right away. And we just had like a template of the bump video bumpers, yep. um, you know, how we would pr- put the titles and credits mm-hmm. and then the, the end bumper. So it was really quick and efficient process. Um, and yeah, I think if you work with an agency, like they can definitely do something similar or a freelancer. So how many episodes did you do in total? I don't remember. I'm like really unorganized about this for some reason, but I think it was over 40. I just, okay. I, I had reset my computer. So I actually lost all the files. Oh my gosh. Um, I have them on LinkedIn, which is good. I yeah. can still access them, but yeah. um, I will definitely be more organized going forward for the next season. I already have like 20 guests confirmed or something That's like awesome. that. I've for interviews so i definitely want to do it more long term um this time around um yeah so it was definitely a learning experience and that being said like if you're thinking about recording a podcast you don't have to commit to it for like a year or six months you can just do it two episodes if you want to that's right no one's gonna remember that you didn't continue (laughs) yeah i mean the worst case scenario is um either no one's gonna watch it or listen to it, which is probably not going to happen if you have anything interesting to say, you know, and and then the other side would be that, you know, people actually do watch it and then they reach out to you and say, we need to see more, you know? So then you have to get your stuff together to keep doing it. Actually, that's what happened to me. I I did want to continue doing it. I had started a new role and like, you know, onboarding a new job Mm -hmm. at a startup is very time intensive Mm -hmm. and, mentally uh, exhausting times. So I didn't have the capacity to do it, but people kept messaging me saying they really liked the series and they Mm -hmm. were wondering if I was going to bring it back. And I was just like, 
yeah, yeah. Now, is, now I have free time. Um, so I can, I can bring it back. I have the capacity and the willingness to do so. So even if you're not like, I'm not a celebrity on LinkedIn, I'm not one of the top voices. Not yet. If, if not you're yet. a normal person like me, people do want to still see your content and they will miss it when it's gone, if they yeah. find value in it. So um, it's definitely interesting to see how, you know, anybody can really have something that quote unquote goes viral mm -hmm. on LinkedIn. For sure. So what I think that people probably really want to know is what, what came of it or like, what were the results? Right. So did you, and I'm, maybe this is not the case, but did your new role kind of sort of come from the fact that you did all of this? Um, or like, what was the progression that you saw? Because I'm, I know you built your network, right. And you made a bunch of new connections and all that, but what really came of it from, from all that effort? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the main thing that I got out of it was that I was a lot smarter at the end of it than okay. at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's the number one thing for me. Definitely. I learned a lot. I connected with people. I actually just to see and like, see the person on video that you see their little circle on LinkedIn of their picture mm -hmm. and get to know them a little bit more was really amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of just side conversations and referrals and, um, you know, sharing ideas um, within those personal contacts mm -hmm. um, came from it. And then I don't know if it like got me noticed for my new job that I'm in, but I did talk with um, my friend Tyler, who's on the hiring committee. And he was like, oh, I saw your video series when you know, I was interviewing you and I thought that was really cool. And like, yeah. so I'm sure it definitely helped. Definitely. Um, yeah. So I think it's just getting yourself out there more, helping people yeah. learn who you are. Um, if you have a goal um, for your podcast, I mean, definitely measure it. I just, I'm, I'm probably coming off as like the worst marketer ever. because I didn't <laughs> um, But my goal personally was to learn and I did achieve that. And now I feel like I'm always connecting back with the people who are on my show. Um, sure. If I have a question or if I know someone, if they're hiring and I can refer them or if they know someone when I'm hiring mm -hmm. and they can connect or if I have a challenge, like if I need help on pricing or mm -hmm. packaging or something like that, I can reach out to my network, which is excellent. Um, yeah, so I think it's all, if you do have a goal and with a goal in mind, it's really important to measure that, unfortunately. Mm -hmm for this podcast, I was a little bit more loose about my um, goals, but I mean, it's all about brand awareness as well. So I plan to be more transparent with the views and, and engagements on the next round of the podcast so yeah. I can help people understand that. Um, but I mean, I, I had the expectation of like 10 people would watch it. I got thousands of views, That's awesome. thousand views on some of the videos. So yeah. That's awesome. So as you plan for this coming season that you're recording now, um, are you, can you share like kind of how you're thinking about it, um, from a tracking measuring standpoint, are, are there certain tools you're using or how are you approaching that? Are you, and do you have any other like new systems that you're putting in place? I don't have any new systems. I really like to keep it like authentic and just easy. Yeah. Um, there, there are platforms out there where you can have a higher production value. Mm -hmm. That's, I don't know. It's not important to me. Um, in terms of my personal brand, yeah. it, I'm sure it's very important to others. So I just keep it easy as possible. And I tell people when they come on my show, like, don't worry about messing up or anything. Like it's just LinkedIn. We can worry about that. And I've actually gotten feedback from my uh, followers or people I've connected with that. They really like that about me. Yeah. That I'm just kind of 
myself. Mm-hmm. I've, I've tried to be not myself and be more polished and it never has worked yeah. for me. So I'm just kind <laughs> of like, I am who I am. Yeah. Um, but in terms of measurement, yes, I do want to be more structured because if I'm investing my my limited personal time in something, I want to make sure that I'm getting something out of it and right. supporting my long-term goals. Um, so I will be utilizing, um, I think just like the LinkedIn insights. I don't have, I'm not doing like any lead tracking or anything like that. So okay. there's no for like attribution tracking or anything, but okay. just like, how many views am I getting? How many engagements am I getting? Uh, who's, you know, looking at my content? Mm-hmm. Am I uh, reaching, you know, new audiences or is it always the same people who are commenting on my posts? Mm-hmm. Um, am I reaching the right types of audiences? So like I'm in product marketing right now, maybe I want to focus some more of my content around marketing, product marketing to get that audience in for when yeah. I do have roles open. So it's, I think it'll be like an iteration process as my goals change and, and things like that. But I think that's another great point is like, don't be tied to one goal that mm-hmm. you set out with. Like if you set out for, oh, I just want to connect with people and you're finding you're getting leads mm-hmm. from your podcast or your content, like change your goals, change your strategy, change your measurement yeah. and try some, try to do what what is on the next horizon? What's your North Star right now? And, and you can always feel free to change. I like that a lot. You know, and we've talked about a lot about LinkedIn, like primarily because that's where your show was. But I also think if people are listening to this, your their audience, if they're thinking about doing this for their company or for their personal brand, may not be LinkedIn specific, right? So just to just to have it be said, you know, more overtly, I think that this type of concept can play on any platform. You know, if you're on yeah. Facebook or on Instagram, um, and even on email, uh, I think just having some kind of, you know, quasi consistent uh, voice that you're putting out there uh, and getting feedback. That's the first step, I think, to really understanding where it's going to go. I love the idea of keeping it open and open mind getting started because you're not you don't feel it's it's easier to get out of the gate, right? Because you don't mm-hmm. feel like, oh, if I don't, if this doesn't happen, then it's going to be a complete failure, you know? And then I'll end up on yeah. Tracy's show, nail it and failed it. And I've talked about my failure and it's all going to go bad. <laughs> yeah. I think having an open mind is really important and exactly what you said, being consistent is important. I think that's the most important quality anyone can have. Yes in any facet of life, but especially in the professional world and building mm-hmm. your brand, um, really just trying and trying and trying and having those successes and failures and um, really doing and focusing on what's important to you. Um, I think it's really important in the workplace. Consistency and momentum are the words that I typically use the most um, when I'm looking uh, for the right person up for my team or when I think of what could be improved, it's always a lack of like, when I do see failures in the workplace, like it's either because there's a loss, a loss of momentum mm-hmm. or a lack of consistency. Um, so I think that those are two really good points. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, just one other thing that comes to mind is this idea of inspiration. I think that we discount how inspiring we can be to other people because we're yeah. always looking up to people who are inspiring us thinking who could we inspire right and it may not be to the level that we get inspired maybe it's on a you know a diminished level or or different playing field or you know we never know how people are coming to our our content or 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 even ex, like offline coming to the conversations we have with people we don't we don't know where they are and what could influence them so 
you know, I think the I think that there probably was a were a lot of people who were inspired by what you did, and even if they didn't start a LinkedIn show, maybe they took a step in their life, in work or yeah. outside of work, because they saw what you did and said, "Hey, you know, I can do something like that too." And I've been thinking about doing this thing for so long, and now I'm going to actually do it. Yeah, and exactly to that point. Um... There have been people that have reached out to me, whether for feedback on their career or they mm -hmm. need to understand how to make a podcast or things like that. I always talk with them no matter what, yeah. like if, especially with someone young in their career, or even mm -hmm. friends who are having a career transition. And I would just say, if you're out there on LinkedIn, you definitely are inspiring someone. Mm -hmm. There's people of all walks of life who are looking up to you, even if you're in an entry level role, like that's a position they want, mm -hmm. or maybe you have a mindset that, that inspires them. Like, be sure to connect with people when they're open up to you about like wanting to learn from you. I think that's the most important thing because I see a lot of people on LinkedIn um, that are talking like at LinkedIn, but I'm not sure if they're open to connecting on a personal level. And I think that's what it's all about is like helping people grow and um, sharing knowledge and sharing opportunity. Cause like, I know just based on my life experiences, I never thought I would be where I am now. Mm -hmm. And like, if I can help somebody else accelerate their career or just understand like that you can change your, your career trajectory, or maybe there's something you never even considered like that. I'm more than happy to do that. And I think like, that's for me, the purpose of LinkedIn. So yeah, I, I just encourage you like always help when people ask you for help. hundred percent. So as we wrap up, I want to, um, uh, I want to ask you a couple of questions I ask all my guests. And the first one is about resources. So what resources do you go to books, podcasts, articles that you found helpful for that you would recommend for marketing leaders and CEOs of small growing companies? I would say, I mean, we're so lucky in the marketing industry that mm -hmm. we have so many resources and books and podcasts. Um, I would definitely recommend for anyone who's in product marketing to get involved with the Product Marketing Alliance. I've taken several of their courses, amazing content out there mm -hmm. and community you can learn from. Um, I find that sometimes the marketing content that's out there is kind of what I was saying earlier. It's like an echo chamber. It's just the same yeah. ideas recycled. And um, so I like to get outside of sometimes the marketing content mm -hmm. and look at more business strategy, books. Yep. Um, so I can recommend a few. I mean, the first of which, which I have right here is playing to win. Um, this is like my favorite book. Actually, I keep, I keep all my favorite books on my desk. Oh, <laughs> so I have great. this here. And then I have this obviously awesome book, which is by April Dunford, which is around positioning and messaging, okay. which I'm sure a lot of people have read that, um, which I think is super helpful. Um, additionally, I think it's important to not read business or marketing stuff solely. Like as a marketer, it's really important to be a story builder and a storyteller. So just reading, um, fiction as well, mm -hmm. and really identifying like what, how to write, how to tell a story, how to connect, how to, yes. um, you know, really dive in, dive deep into copywriting. Like if you like the way a writer writes, yes. like study how they write, practice writing in their style and things like that. So I think it's important to kind of zoom out and then you can be more effective in marketing or whatever you're doing, whether it's I marketing. Couldn't, I couldn't agree more. That is a hundred percent. And I, I, I think it's so important that last point about uh, copywriting, because that's, 
that's a really big piece, sort of the porting end of the spear when it comes to marketing. And I've noticed that personally too, in reading all kinds of things, but when any, and I would even say even outside of reading or listening, but like, you know, going to art shows or, um, you know, things that are, you're taking in the world and you're sort of filtering it through the lens of a marketer that, you know, you're, yeah. yourself, the marketer. And when I do that, I find so many unique ways to, to approach marketing and approach copywriting approach, you know, video creation and all the things that we're doing in, in a strategy. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I don't really have anything off the top of my head. I wish I could draw on that, but I, I want to really emphasize what you're saying because I know for, for personal experience, when I'm aware, when I'm making myself aware that I'm taking in these things from the world and I'm looking at them through the lens of a marketer, they really do impact how I approach things. And I think the only thing I could think of off the top of my head would be like an email, right? So if you're sending a nurture email to a warm list and, you know, obviously subject line, but when you start that email, if it's really heavy story driven and it is impactful in a way that you were impacted when you read, I don't know, Lord of the Rings, right? Um, I mean, it doesn't have to be dramatic, but yeah. if it's impactful and it, it will grab people's attention in a way that they're not used to seeing on email. And if you can tie that to the purpose of, and the value you're bringing in the body of that email, you're now at a different level when it comes to marketing. Right. So, so I love that fact that you're bringing all these different things into your life and not being in that, you know, in the echo chamber of marketing yeah. speak or marketing terms. Yeah. And I think, not to get too philosophical, but like when you, like you said, whether you go to an art gallery or listen to music or you're watching a movie, it's like the point of all of those channels is to tell a story and connect with you as yeah. an audience. And that's the exact same thing, not just in marketing, but as a business, mm-hmm. like we're trying to solve uh, pain points and challenges. And it is a lot, a lot more emotional mm-hmm. than you think, especially when you're in B2B, mm-hmm. like, I think I think it's changing, but people used to have this perception that it was a little bit more sterile. It's a very emotional decision. Mm-hmm. People are emotional about their work. It frustrates them. They spend most of their time thinking about mm-hmm. it. And I think it's just connecting all of that. And yeah. this is why I love to say, and maybe I know what your next question is, but like um, <laughs> that, um, when people say, oh, it's just marketing, yeah. I really think that's detrimental to um the business and of course like marketing success overall but um marketing is an extension of every other part of your your company your product your brand your customer success Mm -hmm. um it all connects together and marketing has to be a reflection of that and if you're reducing something to just marketing you're really uh, reducing everything we just talked about which is that emotional part connecting to the customer and really having a focus so yeah. It's like a mini masterclass on how to do great marketing in 2022. Uh, th- this is where we're at right right now in this moment, because I'm thinking about this as, you know, how you do great marketing is through being human and being authentic to your brand or to your story, your narrative. And I think how you actually do that is by communicating, translating how something has actually impacted you. So if you're standing in front of a piece of art, 
work at a gallery or if you're reading something that's been really well written, um, uh-huh. that's fiction, may, whatever it may be, and you're taking that in personally and it's impacting you in a certain way, translating that feeling, translating those ideas in a different context is great marketing. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we're at. And I think that's what you're saying is you're taking all of this stuff in and you're thinking about it. You're well, and to the, to the processing side of the, uh, you know, Myers-Briggs back to that, like you're, we're processing all of this and how it affects us. And then we're releasing it to the world in a different context, in the context of a mm-hmm. product that's be is part of a brand, you know, but there are mm-hmm. people behind the product. There are people behind the brand. And the way that they are being impacted, I think those are the, if we look at the marketing campaigns that really have impacted consumers, you think, oh, wow, that like, they really get me, right? It's because yeah. there, I think there was a marketer or maybe two, or maybe their creative person or two on the team that were allowed to really translate and communicate how they were impacted personally in a certain way. Right. And, and yeah. even more so, I'd say if they were impacted in the right context and it just made sense, they could translate it directly through to the consumer. And the consumer was like, yeah, I, ha- I feel that exact same thing. That's where I think great marketing um, comes from. It comes from a human being being impacted and then translating that. So yeah. I love that. I love that advice of getting outside of your your world, your echo chamber, and, you know, the, the current voices and being impacted by what's out there in the world, world around us. Yep. Uh, and then the last question is if you could wave a wand, I know you were kind of alluding to this earlier, uh, and change the mind of a CEO, what would, how would you change their thinking? Yeah. So I've been lucky to work with great CEOs who understand marketing and find value in it. I know there are a lot of CEOs out there that misunderstand marketing or um, kind of reduce it to just perhaps lead generation or or revenue impact, Mm -hmm. um, pipeline impact. I think it's about zooming out and understanding the message that you want to convey in the market and the importance of that across all of the business um, and really seeing marketing as a strategic um, role and, and not just kind of the mouth of the company. Agreed. hundred yeah. percent. Let's charge forward with that. <laughs> Changing the minds of CEOs and marketers everywhere. Yes. Tracy, thanks so much for being on. Um, I very much enjoyed this conversation um, as I knew I would. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited for you and your show starting, starting back up again. Um, if people want to reach out and watch the show or get connected with you personally, how can they do that? Just um, look me up on LinkedIn. I'm Tracy Montour um, or reach out to me at tracymontour at gmail.com. Um, if you have any questions or if you just want to talk, I am always here. That's awesome. Thanks, Tracy. Enjoyed it. And um, hey, be well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, I really appreciate you tuning into this episode of Exploring Growth. I'm trying to get this in the hands of as many growing businesses as possible so they can take this practical wisdom and deploy it in their companies or with their teams. If you're getting some value out of this show and know someone who should listen as well, would you consider sharing it with them or leave a positive review on the platform in which you're listening or watching? YouTube audience, leave a comment below with something you liked or your perspective on what we discussed. Um, I'm grateful for everyone that tunes in every week. Let's keep exploring.